0: here we go back into 1st John chapter 3 starting at verse 7. There's a lot in this book isn't it? It's very rich. It's also very deconstructing of our complex theology and then it reconstructs based on love and righteous living following Jesus. That's enough to keep anybody busy isn't it? You would think so and yet we have endless arguments over theological minutia that was so minute that Jesus never even approached it, makes you wonder. Here we are, 1 John, chapter three, seven. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. And again, the he and he, if you do what is right, you are right, just as Jesus is right. Again, come alongside Jesus, act like Jesus. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil's been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So just very briefly, don't contribute to God's enemy. And the devil's always been sinning. If you sin, then you're following him. The son of God came to stop the devil. But if you join the devil, you're on the wrong team. You know, do not give aid and comfort to the wrong side. I've had to make that decision all my life and I will not make it for you. But there were certain concerts that the instrumentation was brilliant and I would have loved to have gone to watch the guitars and to watch that, the way they put things together, but there were things gonna be said and done on stage and I didn't wanna put my money into that. And I decided I couldn't. Now you might decide you can and I, I will not judge you for that but I have the same issue with some movies that I like this actor and I like this part of things, but there's too much of this there. I don't want to give aid and comfort too, but I do the same otherwise. And and I will never call you to boycott anything or anyone, but Cammie and I miss Cammie and I will see a corporation doing things and say, you know, it might make our life more difficult, but we're not going to put more money into that. Now, by the way, you, there's nobody on the planet that can do this in a pure way because if you even try you, um, well, you, you can't, you know, I don't know what the local grocery store Kroger or Publix does with the, the profits. I know some of it, I don't know all of it and the same with Walmart, the same with petrol stations or whatever. So again, don't become a fanatic here but it is, it's worthwhile discipline to pick a couple that you say are being egregious and saying, we're gonna do without that. All right, just a thought. Because the Son of God came, the Son of Man came, in other words, just like us, to end evil. Let's not support it when we have an option to not support it, all right? The reason, see, verse nine. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning, because he's been born of God. This passage has, has created a doctrine which has infected some Protestant groups. It is not mainstream by any stretch, but I come across it every so often. And it basically says that once you become a child of God, then you are absolutely holy, and you're totally sanctified, and you don't sin anymore. Well, that's not true because John's already said, if you've been following along, that the blood of Christ continually cleanseth us. And we talked about that, "uth" means that the verb is a continual action. We don't need continual cleaning if we don't get continually dirty. But there's a whole lot of difference from never bathing to having to shower every day. You know, there's, there's a big gap in there. And so yes, does Patrick sin? Oh, you'd better believe it. Is he happy about it? Nope. Will he stop sinning? Well, I might stop those that sin and then all of a sudden find I've got a new sin. I'm not casual about it. I'm not okay with it. But I know I'm still saved because I'm in Christ. So what is this verse talking about? It is saying that once you realize what God wants from you in this moment, you have a seed of God in you. And if you stay open to the, the seed of God, the spirit of God, he will grow you into a better person. I was saved when I was a boy when I was baptized and uh, I have no doubt, but I'm still being saved. I'm still being transformed. And uh, in fact, let's see there's a, if you wait, Uh, If you go back, rather, to June 18, the Monday morning message, and it is on who told you about the attitude you rode in on, you will see an example of me talking about something I caught in my own behavior and have been working hard ever since to get out of that. Because the seed of God is working in me trying to push that out. Okay? That's what he's talking about. He's not saying all of a sudden, perfect in every way. That's not the way humans work. No, let's see down verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Now there used to be a commercial in America, uh, for an investment firm. And this was back in the days when there weren't a lot of commercials like this. This was new this idea of actually going to an investment person instead of just putting your money in the bank, uh, or, you know, if you're super, super rich, you know, buying some stock, this was all kind of new. And I believe it was EF Hutton. Um, but I could be wrong there cause I was in and out of the country a lot and frankly in and out of, in front of the TV a lot. So, um, but let's say it was, and people would be talking about, well, I don't know about this and how about my retirement and the way the world is, and they'd be in a busy restaurant, let's say. And one of them would say, my broker is E.F. Hutton and E.F. Hutton says, or Merrill Lynch, one of those. And E.F. Hutton says, and everything, everybody would go silent. And the camera would pan back and everybody's leaning in. Well, this is one of those moments. How do we know we're the children of God? If the Apostle John were to come to your house and say, here's how we know we're children of God. Do you not think you might mute the telly? and put down the phone and lean in a bit. He says, do right. Well, what about my stance on the Trinity and if the Catholics are gonna make it and what version of the Bible to use? You, you haven't even asked me if I'm a pacifist or, or what political thing I... And, and what about dispensationalism and what... None of that. And in fact, you can't find it as any of these things as impediments between you and Jesus. In Jesus' own words in the Gospels, in John's Gospel, all of these wee books of John and such, love one another, do right. That's it. Well, what's right? You know something? You know what right is. You know what right is because love requires it. Being kind, being gracious, being generous, sharing your stuff, sharing your time. You know what right is. And if you want to make it instead about an argument over theology and who's acceptable to God, well then guess what? You're grabbing a job for which you are not qualified. God has not abandoned the throne, so don't sit in it. Let him be the judge. And that's, that's incredibly good news because he loves us. Oh, look, speaking of love, this is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Now, there are not a lot of truisms in psychology. My first doctorate was in psychology. I'm allowed to say these things. But there are some things we know that are true. And we also know some things that are indicators of what is probably true. Let's say that you do marriage counseling, and in front of you as a couple, and I'm gonna pick on the woman on this one, all right? Uh, everybody knows I have a high view of women, so I'm gonna to have to pick on the women once, uh, on this particular woman, not women as And she's going, I know my husband's having an affair. And he's going, No, I never, no. Well, I know if he isn't, he's trying to, I know he really wants, and just goes on. And no matter what is laid in front of her, or no matter how much you try to search for the reasons, she has nothing there. I don't know what the numbers are, but it's like seven out of 10. She's the one having an affair. What she's doing is she's throwing at somebody else, blaming them. I was just talking to my mother, today. Uh, and these are recorded more than a month ahead of time. I was talking to my mother today about a preacher she knew and, and I knew and he made his living going around the country stomping on other Christians declaring their sin and their sin here and their sin here and he wrote a lot of books most self-published and it was just you know the sin here and the sin. and he was just a terror. He even ran a school of, 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 of ministry how to be a preacher and people went until it was found out he was having multiple affairs. He even brought home diseases because of that to his wife. When the wife found out from the doctor what she had, she knew it wasn't her. This man had been going around, and I had, I had eaten with this man, he had been in my church, and I'd, I was a little afraid around him because he was ultra pure and demanded that of everyone, only to find out. Mm. Just be careful. Just be careful. Very often people reflect and they grab what is in their heart and blame others for having it. I was once supposed to go to a university in the Northeast. They had invited me. and They knew of me. They'd known of me for years. And this was a a state university had wanted me to come to talk about how we can work together even though we are diverse and I was really looking forward to it. Then I got a phone call. I'm sorry, we can't have you. Um, They didn't even say, I'm sorry. They said, we're not gonna have you. We're disinviting you because this one group says that they don't like what you said over here. So one group of the groups that's holding the diversity forum didn't like that I was diverse from them or at least the way they would have phrased something. Therefore, I'm disinvited. I told them, thank you. Because I didn't want to go into that, that's just silly. If you're all running around saying, you know, you can't be diverse from me to be diverse, that's a problem. And it's the same with us in sin. The holier the nows have a bad reputation for a reason. They earned it. We should instead just love one another and try to do what's right. Don't try to fix everybody else and start hunting specks in our eye. Do you remember Jesus' story now? let's work on the log in our own eyes first do not be surprised my brother if the world hates you ding 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 still does it still does we know that we have passed from death to life past tense you already have eternal life you got that don't sweat anything else because oh did you see did you see the verse it's right there verse 14 we know that we have passed from death to life because we have done everything our denomination tells us we have to do to become acceptable to Jesus. It's right there in the Bible. Except that it isn't. At all. Not even a bit. Nope. Verse 14, as it really is written, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. And anyone who does not love it remains in death. Now, about this time people who are more reactive than they are thoughtful will start playing this but who's our brother game oh really we've settled that haven't we jesus settled that with a question uh rather with the story of the good samaritan your brother is even your worst enemy to the jew there was nobody worse than a samaritan for a lot of complex reasons and jesus picked the samaritan and said who was the neighbor to the man that was robbed and beaten and they had to say well I guess it was a Samaritan like I guess like you don't know you just heard the story uh, yeah your brother is even the one that's just driving you crazy even the one that's sending you emails or even the one that disrupts your family holidays even the one that has that you've never met but you've seen him on television and you have to, you rush to change the channel because you can't stand that person that's your brother Now you don't have to necessarily like them or approve of what they do, but you do have to treat them with grace, dignity, and respect. In other words, you have to love. That's required. And by the way, I know that sounds pretty hard, but it's supposed to be, and it's supposed to keep us busy. So we don't go around inventing all the other rules we make saying, you got to do all these other rules to be acceptable. No, love, love the brothers, do what's right, Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. What in the world? Hate equals murder? You know, frankly, I would rather you hate me than murder me. You know, if I had a choice, you know, if you gave me A, B, I would go for the hate, not the murder. You know why it's murder? It's psychological murder. It's spiritual murder. Because you are killing that person in your head. And brain not like fantasies of you know using a gun or running them over with a car or something no it is that person I will not serve I will not have them in my life I will not learn from them I will not try to help them or teach them they are dead to me you've heard that phrase hate does that it makes a division a heresy John says don't do that so Somebody once came up to me, and this has happened before, and they are always such sweet, good people that say something like this, saying, I'm so sorry that you've got so many enemies that go for you. I don't have any enemies, not a one. There are people out there who consider me their enemies, but I don't consider them mine, not one. The seed of God that was within me has helped me get to that point. That was not overnight, but it is real. This is how we know what love is. Another EF Hutton or Merrill Lynch, whatever that was, lean in moment. This is how we know what love is. Jesus, oh great, this isn't easy. This isn't go to church and read the right version. Look at this. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. This is what always fascinates me because I'll talk about, listen, we're throwing away all those rules. We're not doing any of that. We're gonna do what is right. We're gonna love people. We're gonna, you know, Matthew 25 it. We're gonna clothe them, feed them, visit them. That's what we're gonna do. And people go, you're just trying to find an easy road to heaven. Easy, easy. You think it's easy trying to love you? Not you, you're wonderful. You know, the other person. That's the hardest job on the planet, because frankly, you're unlovable, because you're like me, and I'm not lovable. We all are sandpaper to somebody. Rubbing them raw the wrong way, it's just, no. Nah, we're all that. So, um, it's, let's not call it easy when you, there's no evidence you're really trying. <laughs> Let's love. And, and how hard is love? Well, I, I know of a fella who got nailed to a tree because of it. But he didn't say, so you can quit when it gets hard. We still love. Our safe harbor loves you. I mean, these are being recorded way ahead of time just because we know something could happen to me. It could be death sickness or death sickness of of a loved one of mine or moral failure on my part, any of those. But we still want this to go out freely. There are no paywalls. Could we use the boost in income? Of course we could. We're not going to do that. We would rather have to stop than put out things that you have to pay to listen. This just doesn't seem right to me. And again, I'm not judging anybody else for it. By the way, if you see commercials before or after, or there's little banners pop up, that's entirely YouTube's doing. We have no way of deciding what they do. Um, now, we don't get that on Facebook and some of our other venues, but you know, right now YouTube's the big elephant in the room. It's the it's big cheese. It's a big gorilla in the room. How's that? So just using that as an example, let's move on. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. So I can say, I love you. How how hard is that? That's not hard. But then if I see you in need, there's the kicker. Am I going to actually contribute? Am I going to share my little nest egg here? my little pile of fun money. What am, what, what am I going to do? Wouldn't it be nice to have a pile of fun money do the whole Scrooge McDuck thing. That would be nice. But most of us don't have that opportunity and are in no danger of ever having it. So sharing is difficult to a two year old sharing. They'll never understand to sharing, not at two, even at three, that part of their brains not come in yet. Sharing to them means give it away. And of course, are heartbroken and outraged at the injustice of this world. When we grow up, we should be getting over that. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know. How many times is he gonna do this? And when are we gonna start listening? This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything, Oh, please get this, please. You are so much better and so much more loved than you could ever imagine. Sometime your heart will condemn you. Often in your life, your heart will say, shoulda done better, not a good person, failed at this. Your heart's gonna do all of that. But if you love people and you share with people, you're good with God. Even if your own heart condemns you, John says, he doesn't because he knows you. Is anybody else comforted right now? Anybody else feeling really pretty good right now? I hope you are because you should be. You are that loved. You are saved more than you need to be saved. You're loved more than you can imagine. This is good news. Finally we find once we strip away all the detritus of, of the centuries and just look at Jesus and hear John, we know we are loved and we are free to love in return. And we don't have to grab on to any of our stuff. We can be letting it go. How cool is that? Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Now, I've had that verse used at me and said, you see, you still have to obey his commands. And then they start listing all of these doctrinal things do that yet you just use this verse are you aware that there are other verses in the vicinity you might want to ask other witnesses that saw this occur how about still just keep reading a little bit all right let's do that we we have confidence before God we receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him and now read and this is his command oh Well, there it was, laying right out there. We didn't have to go make up a bunch. What what does it say? To believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Could it be this simple? Yes. Is it easy? Oh no, it's brutal. But you'll get better at it. Even I'm getting better. And I was born a twisted little ball of judging people. I used to work with a fellow that just was pray, 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 pray. And prayer's always been a struggle for me. We've had this talk. And I always said the difference between us was whenever he was born and the doctor spanked him, uh, he prayed for the doctor. When the doctor spanked me, I pulled a knife on him. I've had to overcome what, uh, genetic wiring maybe? I don't know, but whatever it is, and work on it every day. But man, is it so freeing to know. What John is saying remember when we first started looking at 1st John I talked about there was a Wednesday night I was at a church where the young men were standing up and reading through 1st John each had a section and halfway through I was thinking in this very church if a preacher stood up and started saying these things he would be fired and in my own tribe he would be fired and yet this is God's word through John to us reflecting the words of Christ to us those who obey his commands live in him and he in them and this is how we know that he lives in us we know it by the spirit he gave us we want to take my mom places now my mom is aged I hope she's still with us when we're doing a new view of this we hope she's with us for a long time just be aware these in advance that's one of those issues we have my mom's had a heart attack recently as this is being filmed. Uh, she's had some falls recently. It's been a hard time. Every hospital we go to, they do the same thing because they do this. You know, they'll look at the charts and look at it and go, Oh, these are the wrong charts. You can't be 92 years old. And my mom just loves that. But I'm aware they're doing that to everybody of a certain age, but then they go further. Almost every time people will say, she is amazing. She is on fire. She's a firecracker. She's friendly. She's just, wow. You know, And you know what they're seeing in her? Is Jesus and freedom in Christ. She can love people. You don't have to worry about fixing them. don't have to worry about anything because she's good with God and therefore she's good with you. And that's what they see. It's kind of like the time came home. I've told this story before. My wife asked how my visit to Walmart was. I always never know where the scale is on the Walmart pleasure o-meter, but, and now they ask you at the self checkout, how happy are you? Pick a star. You know, um, I just, this is before all of that. And I said, I, I, I saw a Christian at Walmart. She goes, well, who? Oh, who? And I said, I, I don't know. Never seen her before, but just looking at her face and her contentment, and the way she looked at others, Jesus was in her. You can tell. Maybe not all the time, but sometimes you can really tell. Now, a little change the subject right before we hit our 30-minute cutoff time. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world dun 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 now we're gonna hear about the sins of those preachers that let you take communion in a different way or who might let a woman speak sometime or I'm, I'm being intentionally harmful here uh, provocative or who might let unbaptized children pass a communion or might you ready these false prophets this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming. And even now is in the world. The Antichrist is not one person. It is a belief or perhaps you could even say a disbelief. Those who deny that Jesus is the Christ who came from God, that's Antichrist. Those who say he is the Christ who came from God, those are the righteous ones. And you're thinking, those who do that and all these other things? No, 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 that's the point. John cannot emphasize this enough to get it through our thick skulls I believe To love and to acknowledge Christ as the Savior, the Messiah, the one from God, that makes us righteous and we're doing right and we're loving and sharing could it be that simple that profound and yet that difficult yes exactly you dear children are from God and have overcome them the ones who deny Christ because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world please 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 remember that phrase because we're going to come back to it next week but right now just very briefly if you remember Elisha wakes up the king of the Ammonites has been trying to kill him And can't find him finds out where he is so he gets his army and gonna surround that house and kill the prophet Well, Elisha's uh, servant gets up looks through the window and sees them and goes oh no comes to the prophet and goes the army has surrounded us they're going to kill us and Elisha just prays to God and says God open his eyes to see what's really there the servant goes back looks out the window I bet it was one of these little uh, uh, one eye up And he sees the army that surrounds them, but he also sees a greater army surrounding them. And Elisha says, they who are with us are greater than those who are against us. John says the same thing. Remember that. You might think, like Elijah, that you're the only one left faithful to God, but God's got lots of people and they're not stopping. So don't you stop. Let's do right, love one another, and share what we have. Write us anytime at info at rsafeharbor.com with questions, or with suggestions, or with that-a-boy, we love this church. Any of those things, those will do. All right, have a great week. See you next time.